Hello again everyone, welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Webert, and with me again is Stanford Clark. Hi, greetings. And today we have our returning guest, Otis Frampton. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, Hi, Otis. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah, this podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each new episode we feature all the latest news from around the animation industry, whether it's traditionally a hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion. If it's animated, it's up for discussion. Yeah, so with that, this is going to be a, a news edition episode. So we will be back in a few seconds with our new releases for the week. So see you then. And we're back with our new releases for the week. The first one we're going to be talking about is currently in theaters, and it's uh, Disney's live-action uh, retelling of the Sleeping Beauty tale from Maleficent's perspective this time. Only this time, she's not 100% evil, I guess. Um, she's so, misunderstood. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I know that neither of you guys have actually got to see the, the film yet, but... What are, what were your kind of, what did you think about it just from like the trailers and whatnot that you saw for it? Uh, I thought the trailer looked great actually. Um, it kind of, uh, it kind of looks like Disney's take on on Wicked, uh, which is interesting to me because I love the novel Wicked. You know the the story of uh, Alphaba, Wicked Witch of the West. Um, so I'm I'm kind of looking forward to this because I feel like uh, the musical version of Wicked kind of let me down. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to a, a, at least some kind of good adaptation of that novel. You know, it, albeit with a different character. Definitely. How about you, Stanford? Well, you know, I've I've whined about this film uh, already. I haven't seen it, and hopefully, I don't have to see it. But we'll see. You know, I'm, since I'm kind of a movie slut, I'm a friend might drag me, and I might I might you know succumb. But. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm very protective about the Disney canon. I think it's kind of dumb the way that they've marketed this film. That, uh, you know, they're saying, you know the story, but now learn the truth. And, uh, you know, thinking, okay, maybe Melissa was misunderstood. But, you know, she she's the queen of all evil. So <laughs> let's just leave it at that, you know. Yeah. But uh, also Angelina Jolie scares the crap out of me. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Especially her digital. Really, I, I'm not really an Angelina uh, Jolie fan, but I, I think that's perfect casting. I thought she looked oh, great yeah, in the, the trailers. Cast, she looks great, and the digital digital cheekbones or her digitally enhanced cheekbones really, really add. It's interesting, though. It's hasn't gotten terrible reviews, and it's making a lot of money. You know, it, it came in at number two this weekend. Um, Last week, uh, it came in at number one. Number beat, one, beating Days of Future Past. Yeah. Which and we'll so, let Otis talk about. <laughs> I, I I have I have nothing to say <laughs> on that subject. Uh, you've seen my my reviews. I, I I did not like it. I thought I had one great scene. The rest was sort of a mess. But that really, I I think um I'm I'm kind of like Stanford when it comes to uh, being protective of, of X Men because uh, I love the X Men. I'm just not a fan of the movies so much. And so this is just one more mess of a movie piled on, in my opinion. But. Didn't mean to get off the track there. <laughs> it's okay. To be on the record, I really loved Days of Future Past. But going back to Maleficent, 
when I went to my screening with with my son, the parts of the movie I liked the most were when Maleficent was was being evil. I thought Angelina Jolie was really great in those in those segments of the film. She played it like I, I don't know. I just really liked the way that she portrayed it in those sections. You've seen parts of it in some yeah. of the trailers, like. Or she goes, oh dear, like that, or like right. well, 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 <laughs> and uh, like that that big recreation of that the the green fire scene from Sleeping Beauty animated film. I think that's like one of the best scenes in Maleficent, and I, I really liked how she did it that way. I actually wish she had been like that for a majority of the film, rather than kind of maybe only for like one third of it, because you get a backstory of her when she was a little kid, and then like her backstory with her and the eventual king and and like the king who pisses her off yeah and like with that it's it's weird like like she's like the the only character in the movie that really has like a fully formed kind of arc and you know you understand her motivations for everything more or less whereas like and and if you've seen the trailers you know that she loses her wings and and the person who takes them like you don't really exactly understand really the motivation for them to take them and it's i don't know i i guess it could have been done a little bit better for like why exactly they decided to do that other than the one reason that you're supposed to think that they did i did like l fanning in it as well as aurora i thought i thought that was pretty great i thought the visual effects were obviously done really well i don't remember what the guy's name is off the top of my head but he has a background in visual effects he worked on avatar and a bunch of other visual effects heavy films so i mean obviously those are gonna look great in there uh the three fairies like godmother fairies that she had looked pretty cool Emilda Sauton was in it as well she was the the pink or red fairy i thought she was pretty good and then juno temple played one of the other ones and then i'm not i didn't recognize the the third fairy but in this they're much more like bumbly than than they were in the sleeping beauty animated film like where they're more caring and they're more like the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo Cinderella Godmother, and this are just kind of like not all there, more or less. Do they turn human, like in? Uh... Yeah, they 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 turn human while they're watching Aurora, so that okay. she, they don't know, or that she doesn't know that that they're magic. But now you, again, that's another weird thing because people in in their in like that world already know that magic exists and stuff anyway, so. And it's it's a weird thing. I I liked it for the for the most part, but I, I wish there's more scenes with Angelina Jolie the way that she was in the the scene that's pretty much actually getting marketed the most out of out of the film. Now, Mark, not wanting to you know give too many spoilers to our listeners, but d- does she turn into a dragon, or does do they change that? Uh, there is a change into a dragon. I will not say who ah. does that changing into the dragon. <laughs> but there is a dragon. Yeah, there is there is a dragon transformation okay. in, in the climax of the film. Okay. So, without giving anything away. But, yeah. I, I would say the, the 3D was good, too. So, if, if you're a fan of 3D, I guess check it out in 3D. If not, you can you can maybe wait for Blu-ray to check it out, too. So. Yeah, Maleficent, that's in theaters right now. It came out about two weeks ago on May 30th. The next thing I know you two have also uh, seen, it's an adventure in space and time. It's the the Doctor Who docudrama that was on BBC 
and BBC America last year, which retells the story about the the creation of the the TV show Doctor Who, and has David Bradley playing William Hartnell, and which he's like spot on as William Hartnell. If you saw him from yeah. a distance, maybe even not that long of a distance, you would. Be like, oh, look at William Hartnell's alive again. That's so, really cool. It, yeah, and it, it would be—it was, it was an amazing performance. I was just—I thought the yeah. whole show was wonderful. Uh, I but did his too. performance as Hartnell was just extraordinary. I, it was—it was really eerie watching him perform as, I know, as, wasn't as it? the actor and character because he—he he nailed both of, the, of them, you know, yeah. in yeah. such a great way. It, it would almost, I think, be cool like, if they could to go back and recreate like a bunch of. Because now that they've they've found and like most episodes have been lost, if I don't know if they still have the scripts somewhere, if they went back and refilmed, I guess some of those things. I know like some of the DVDs that have released, like the the Patrick Troughton ones that I've gotten, the missing episodes they've animated, which is looks kind of cool. But I don't with how well this was done and how well they recreated this the sets, it might be a cool thing maybe to to do. I don't know, maybe like certain specials with with new new actors kind of recreating those. What would you guys feel about something like that? Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised or, uh, if they decided to do uh, a Capaldi episode with the first Doctor. You know, yeah, maybe yeah. bring David Bradley in for that because, I mean, he just, he nailed it. And, and why not use it, especially if they're going to go with uh, a more sort of old school feel with the Capaldi uh, series. Agreed. I actually remember when they showed a a trailer for uh, beginning of of series seven last year, and there was a brief shot of David Bradley in it because he's in the dinosaurs on a spaceship episode, <laughs> playing the villain of that. Uh, people thought that he was actually going to be on the show playing William, or not William Hartnell, but the first Doctor, the first doctor. in an episode, and that the the eleventh Doctor would would run into him. So it's kind of funny without that that happened before. I, I don't remember if this had been announced yet. It, it probably had, uh, but I thought that was funny. And like I, like I said, the the sets are recreated like spot on, and oh, yeah. it's it's cool to see them in, in color too. Obviously, since all of those episodes were, were shot in black and white. Black and white. Uh, there's pretty great bonus features on here too. There's the making of an adventure narrated by Carolyn Ford, who is the actress who played the first Doctor's companion, aka his oh, really? granddaughter. Oh, cool. Uh, there's deleted scenes. Uh, there's recreated scenes using the original macaroni cameras. Or, sorry, not macaroni. <laughs> oh, I'm tired. Marconi cameras. The Marconi. <laughs> uh, and then this is the third like DVD or Blu-ray I have now that has the first episode of Doctor Who on it. But it has a bonus DVD featuring the very first Doctor Who adventure on All right. in Our Unearthly nice. Child. With its own bonus content, including, including the Mark Gatiss and David Williams comedy sketch, the pitch of fear. And a lot of the the making of on on here. If you guys have seen the Doctor Who Confidential that they used to do before they they decided to cancel that for some silly reason, uh, it's done in kind of kind of like that style. So it's cool and it's it's really awesome to hear Mark Gatiss like geek out about wanting to do this docudrama and he'd been trying to do it since be uh, actually before like the new Who even came back in in 2005 so oh, really yeah i guess he tried to do it before that and then he tried to do it for the the 45th anniversary and it didn't come through then so i'm glad it finally came through this past year for the 50th anniversary because it was done really well that all the actors in it that portray 
the the real life people that were part of uh, the Doctor Who story, it, it's really it's done really well, and I would definitely say check this out. It, it's pretty cheap too. If you go to Best Buy or like Amazon, it's like only fourteen, twelve or fourteen dollars. So if if you're even interested in it at all, it's, it's really not that expensive to pick up either. Is it out already, or is it coming out this week? Yeah, it, it actually uh, came out on on May twenty seventh. Oh okay. So, yeah, you can pick that up now. And then the the next one is the Lego Movie. And uh, so I got the Everything is Awesome edition, which apparently uh, I've seen on like on Amazon. It's currently unavailable, so I'm not sure like if it's sold out on there or something's oh, going on with Amazon. But I've heard some people complain like they had ordered it and like their orders are getting canceled for it. So I'm not sure exactly what's going on with if with the movie if you bought it there. But it comes with this this 3D uh, sculpted Emmet like standy kind of head thing it's about the same size as the the blu-ray case uh comes with a vitruvius minifigure which i'd be prior to him being blind and <laughs> and changing his wardrobe later in the film so it's, it's cool to see that too uh and then in the everything is awesome edition the it's called a bonus 3d movie it's about the the case i mean it like just says the lego movie 3d so the, it is the film in 3d you get that, uh, the film in 2D, and then you get a, a DVD. All the bonus features are on the, the 2D disc. And then there is a, a ton of bonus features on here. There's an audio commentary, uh, which which is pretty awesome. It's got uh, Chris Pratt, uh, Charlie Day, Will Arnett, Allison Brie, and I want to say either... Uh, Chris Miller or Filler, I don't remember which of them was on there. Just one of them, uh, one yeah. of the directors. Yeah. And then uh, Elizabeth Banks calls in uh, on her cell phone at a certain point. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was in Louisiana, uh, I believe at that point, filming already for, for Pitch Perfect too. So, yeah, that, that was pretty funny. Uh, but, yeah, I liked that. I thought it was funny. They all had, like, little, like, jokes and anecdotes that they were telling about the film. And Chris Pratt has this, this nice running gag through the auto commentary that he was one of the visual effects artists for the film as well. <laughs> so, like, he gets really into, like, explaining, like, how this one scene was lit and how he did all the texture for the the water <laughs> and, and the scene. So, and then he's like, and then, to, be, to be clear, I, I was not a visual effects artist on the film. I, didn't, I don't want to take away the awesome work that was done by the actual people that did do that. <laughs> Well, speaking of which, are there uh, any making of documentaries on the on the disc? Yeah, there's a is, is there uh, there's a bringing Lego to life. That's like the the major making of it, uh, which is hosted by Emmett. The, which is it's funny when 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 Emmett interviews Chris Pratt. <laughs> it, it's it's a good making of, but it, it is aimed at like for kids to be able to watch it too and not be bored. So it was cool they did that like showing it from like Emmett's kind of perspective, like I guess interviewing the different people. So that was cool. And it showed how the Phil Lord and Chris Miller went uh, to Denmark and checked out like the, the Lego headquarters there and looked through like all the old brands of Legos and like stuff they could do for the film. And whatnot. And then, and actually in the auto commentary I was talking about too, they pointed out a bunch of Easter eggs that are in the film that are pretty funny. Like two of the posters that Emmett has in his apartment are for teen cops 
and uh, the heck uh, it was uh, the muscle and the geek or or something like that. But it, obviously, there's it's supposed to be like a spoof on the Twenty One Jump Street poster. So I thought that was funny, and I, I guess uh, actually the, that one title is actually the, the title of Twenty One Jump Street in Russia too. But and then and then there's a director or so that uh, outtakes from the from the film, which those were on YouTube a while back. But if you haven't seen those yet, those are pretty funny to check out in there. And then there's an Everything Is Awesome sing along. And then there's also a Dream Job Meet the Lego Builders, where you can see that the dudes that actually for their living create all these cool different lego machines they build those uh, those big yeah lego things right the yeah and, and uh they went in and like they had the the directors came in and like asked them to make like whatever they they thought they could for it and so it was cool to see like the different things they had designed that you see near the end of the film and, and then the last thing that's on there are fan-made lego films that were part of a contest that Oh yeah! If you watch the film, they're actually included uh, when they show like the different lands, building all the the different cool like figures and whatnot. So, uh, Otis, what did you think about Lego Movie and Stanford? What did you think? Uh, I I enjoyed it. Um, my my viewing of it was kind of marred by uh, oh, yeah, the theater experience at the time. Oh, right. There I were remember some, that, too. It, it, was, it was one of the worst theater experiences I've ever had in terms of, of the audience. I, it was just like, I, I don't know what was happening, but everybody around myself and my girlfriend seemed to be uh, having the, uh, having strange outbursts and <laughs> noises. I just, it was just a weird experience, and from the very beginning, I was sort of out of the movie. So I've been waiting for it to hit home video to check it out again, to have you know see it. My own home theater. I just I, haven't yet. I hate being stuck in a theater with obnoxious oh, yeah. people. And, and my wife seems to have the worst luck with that. Whenever she goes to a movie with me, that's when the obnoxious people are in the theater. <laughs> and and I'm like, I was like, really good, I was like, what the heck? It's always when you when you come with me, and I feel really bad that that happens to her all the time. But, but uh, yeah, I, I, I did enjoy it. I mean, overall. Uh, um. But I've been waiting to see it again to sort of reevaluate it. Definitely. How about you, Stanford? Well, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was very clever and uh, really uh, expertly done. I thought the animation was was terrific. Yeah, it's it's really it's beautiful. Like, and the fact that it's like mostly CG animated too. Yeah. And because you're assuming like a lot of it's like stop motion, but right. there is some stop motion and there is some actual practical like photography and parts of it too. But a, a good proportion of this film is CG animated, CG which is and, and, uh, pretty so impressive. I thought that was that was uh, cool. So fun, fun movie. Yeah. yeah. And, and, to, and the Blu-ray definitely video. accentuates the awesome animation too. So uh, the Blu-ray, oh sorry, go ahead. The Blu-ray is out on the seventeenth, right? Correct. And but you can get it on digital download. Yeah, right now you can download right it now. on digital download on all the different places like that's available, like iTunes and Amazon, and uh, I think Vudu and possibly some other other places as well. But yeah, you can download it that way now if if you don't want to pick up a like a, a Blu-ray or not. But physical media continues, and I. Uh, and I, I for one hope that physical media doesn't like just 
go away because I like having an actual physical thing to hold on to. Because if I don't have the internet, how am I supposed to watch a movie that I quote-unquote own if it's a, a digital copy that is in a yeah. cloud and I don't have stored on a like a hard drive somewhere? So. Well, it's probably not going away soon, but I, I have noticed that uh, physical media is starting to diminish. Whenever we're going this into Best Buy lately, it feels yeah. like there's less of a selection. Oh, uh, it's getting whittled down. I, I wouldn't mind if it, if it went away, um, even though I do like um, having it. But the only reason that I keep buying, you know, like, you know, Blu-rays is for the bonus features. I'm, right. I'll buy, I'll buy Blu-rays of movies that I didn't even like, if the, if the behind-the-scenes stuff is, is uh, good enough. Uh, so that's why I keep buying Blu-rays. Yeah, uh, and I, I mean, I like that some of the movies that you get digital copies of, like, from iTunes have, like, they do have, like, some of them have iTunes extra things. But you can't yeah, even, some you can't access yeah. those on the Apple TV. Yeah, it is frustrating. I I'd actually I would I pay money to like uh, be able to download audio commentaries. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes, they I were, wish they I actually, wish they had services like that. They actually yeah. talk about that in the audio commentary for the Lego Movie. They're like, there should be a download somewhere that people can download this commentary if they want to. I know other uh, like uh, Kevin Smith has done that for some of his films through his various podcasts where he's recorded a, like a new audio commentary for a past film and put it out through I mean with podcasting now like like this it is possible for any of those directors to basically mm -hmm. record an audio commentary whenever they want to you download it start sync it up with when you start your movie and you can there's a new audio commentary for you to watch or listen to but some yeah they were saying like some people could just like listen to it in the car on their way to work too. <laughs> well I wouldn't mind, you know, yeah. on some of them for sure. Definitely, but yeah. Well, so that's one, that's one of the things I do mostly. I mean, when I'm when I'm working, because I work from home, and you know, I'm sitting here drawing all day, and uh, so audio commentaries are a constant, oh, yeah. are constantly on. And so I, I really do wish there was some sort of like podcast version of them, or or just a, like a subscription service. I seriously would have mm -hmm. subscribed to just an audio commentary stream from iTunes if it was available, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I mean, there's a bunch of like fan podcasts that do. Oh yeah, there's there's some actually some great uh, audio commentary podcasts like yeah. uh, uh, what What are you doing movie that used to be down in front. Uh, I've listened to those multiple times, so many times, just just to have something to listen to while I'm working that's about movies because uh, I, I love listening to movie podcasts. I think there's a Doctor Who one too called uh, Block Blog Tor Who that they do a commentary for like the most recent episode that's been on. Interesting. And so, rather than doing like a practical kind of like a recap, they just do it that way. They do. Okay. Yeah. So, Lego Movie June seventeenth on Blu-ray. Everything is awesome. Buy it. Uh, it's available in that three D. Everything is awesome version. A two disc uh, Blu-ray version that comes with a Blu-ray and a DVD, and then the DVD copy as well. And then like. Uh, Stanford pointed out it is available right now in digital HD as well, too. So with that, that is our new releases for the week, and we'll be back in a few seconds with our news.
And we are back with our news for the week. Our first and main topic for news this week is talking about our awesome guest, Otis Frampton's new animated shorts, ABCDEF Geek, on the How It Should Have Ended YouTube channel. Both Stanford and I have checked A is for Akbar out now, and we really enjoyed it and thought it was awesome. So Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, well done, you. Otis. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. We, we've already seen like your stills that you originally did for ABCDF Geek. What kind of was your inspiration to start doing the animated version of it? Well, actually, uh, Daniel and Tina at How It Should Have Ended have been uh, trying to get me to do my own my own series for them for about a year and a half now. They they approached me and said, "Look, you know, we you know we'd like to do new content on the channel. We'd like to bring in other creators and and." They, you know, liked my work and knew that I had aspirations, you know, beyond just doing backgrounds and character artwork for them. Um, it was, I mean, I really kind of thought of and still think of, in a way, the the work I do for them is sort of like a part-time job. I'm just sort of an art monkey for them. Um, but, I, I, you know, I love film. I love animation. Um, uh, and they, they knew that. And they've been trying to get me to pitch. They tried to get me to pitch to them, uh, like I said, a long time ago. And I did pitch something to them originally uh, about... A year and a half ago, and they they were really open to whatever I had in mind to do, and the thing that I had in mind was so different from what their channel is that even though they said they wanted to do it, after a couple of months of developing it, I said, "Look, this isn't right for for the channel. Your your fans are just not going to like it. I don't feel comfortable bringing it to the channel because it was more like an an adventure kind of thing, you know, like a Samurai Jack type of thing." Right. Um, and so I, I kind of pulled it and said, "Look, this isn't right, and you know maybe we'll do something later." And then um, when I started doing the ABCDF geek uh, still images, uh, they they came to me again and 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 reminded me that that, that uh, or, or did I come to that go to them? I forget how it was, but we were still we were still discussing the possibilities, and I had an idea for something, and, and so I developed two pitches actually. Uh, one that was completely different, and then the other one based on ABCDEF Geek, which I began doing the still images for early this year, I think. And uh, they chose that once I pitched them both both the projects, and so um, that's how it came about. Very cool. And so, what, what kind of went into your process of, of doing this this first short A is for Akbar? And like, well, what did you take from the still that you had done for it originally, and then work it into? The animated short. Uh, well, the original still was. I mean, it was just. It was like a little, you know, sort of uh, Lucas, young kid, kid Lucas guy, you know, pointing a, a toy gun at, at Admiral Akbar, just saying, "Say the line," and Akbar saying, "No." Um, <laughs> and uh, when I when I decided to to do an animated version, I I, I decided to go with A because it seemed like the, the logical choice to start at the beginning, logical, even though I'm yeah. even though even though I'm going to bounce around later on. Um, but I just, I just kind of developed. I kind of jumped off that point and and thought of the bloopers, you know, or the you know Admiral Akbar right. basically flubbing the line intentionally because he's kind of an uh, an arrogant guy, and I went with that angle. Um, and uh, when they when uh, T- Daniel and Tina at How It Should Have Ended um, asked me to do this, I, I said that I really wanted to try to do it all on my own. Um, because you know Daniel's so busy anyway, it's like you know he has no time to help me anyway. But uh, I I considered bringing other people on to help me animate because this this is actually actually the first thing I've ever animated myself. Uh-huh. So um, you know I'm sort of teaching myself how to do this as I go along. Um, 
But uh, I, I said, look, I think I should do like a proof of concept for you guys so you can see what I can, can do and I can see what I can do and I can see how long it takes to do it. And so I, I, over the course of like three days, I, I basically pumped out the, basically the entire thing um, and from start to finish, artwork to animation and everything um, just to see how fast I could do it. And I, I basically didn't sleep for three days Jeez. while I was doing this. Oh, wow. Because um, I had to get it done. You know, it's like yeah. I got so much other stuff going on um, that I really had to sort of just say, okay, well, I guess I'm not sleeping for three days. I kind of kind of had to lean into my my military experience to say, you know what, the, this is the mission now, and I have to finish this. But um, it, it's fun. I, I wanted to do, do it all my all myself, so I can do it. And now I know I can do it. But uh, Daniel and Tina have been really supportive and really helpful. And in in fact, um, I'm flying down to Dallas uh, to spend two days with them in a week and a half to to train with Daniel for a little bit and get some insight into how he really works. Um, so that'll that'll be helpful. But otherwise, it's just been me, me and Linda, Linda.com tutorials on After Effects, <laughs> trying trying to learn as much as I can. And, um, and won't that be actually be the first time that you meet them in, in person? Oh, right? well, actually, it'll be the second time. Oh, I okay. met him at, uh, at Comic-Con last year. That was the first oh, yeah, time. Right. Uh, it's been, what, three years now, I think, I've been working for him. Uh, so this will I mean, just be the second time. And, and then, even even then, it was like they stopped by my, my booth at Comic-Con uh, twice, and I had lunch with them. So this will be the most most time I spend with with uh, concentrated. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so weird collaborating with people uh, these days because you, you never meet them. You rarely talk. I think I've talked on the phone on Skype with them maybe three or four times, but that's it. It's it's email. You know, it's everything is email. So this will be nice to be able to and, and uh, how it should have ended. Uh, they they just um, like rented offices, so they they're okay. working out of office space now. They got it all set up, so it'll be like. The, their first time using their their new office space to sort of you know train someone and and really expand on their operation because they've been working out of Daniel's house for years. So now, uh, cool. Otis, you mentioned then that you created this using After Effects. Mm -hmm. uh, also, uh, you were all, you provide all the voices, all the character voices, right? For yeah. the, the show, what was your process with with uh, with the voice doing the voice tracks? Uh well it, mm, I don't know how to answer that because it was just like it was another part of the process that I wanted to do myself you know Daniel does almost all the voices uh, yeah. for for how it should have ended on his himself and uh, and I have uh, some background in theater uh, and so you know I I like performing and it was it was a no brainer for me there's there's no way I mean I I may have to use uh, other people for certain voices you know. In the future, I mean, obviously for female voices, but um, I'm going to try to do as much as I can. That's part of the fun of this. I, I originally wanted to do the music myself, too, because I also have a background in music. But it, uh, <laughs> when I went to do the music for for the first episode, it was like, oh, my God, this is one more thing. And yeah. If, if I can get, it's a lot. get this. Yeah, it's a lot. It's so much. I mean, they... Uh, uh, Daniel, he has uh, this guy Brian English who does some of the music for him. They hire him, and he's great at it. He does he does a lot of the uh, movie music that sounds sort of similar, the sound alike stuff, um, mm -hmm. and it's great. It's wonderful, you know. But um, that's got to be a hard thing too with like trying to be close but not. Oh yeah, so it's close. Really that tough. It's like <laughs> Brian nails it. I mean, it's it's the kind of stuff where if you hear. 
<laughs> I'm thinking of like the Harry Potter episode. Yes. It, yes. It's so it's so close, but but not quite, you know? And it's, you know exactly what it is. Just leave, yeah, yeah, exactly. leave a few notes out. So I uh, went to I, I went to Pond uh, um I went to pond5.com, which is this, uh, an online music source where you can buy royalty you buy the royalties for music and use that. And I found I found a clip that uh, I liked for it and I'll, I'll probably be using that a lot, but I actually did hire Brian to do the music for the, what will be the third episode of ABCDEF Geek because it's a parody. The entire episode is going to be a song that's a parody of something that exists, and I, I needed that sort of right. style parody of, of this exact song, so he's writing that for me right now. Now, did you use uh, a script then? Did you have a storyboard? How did you come up with... Uh, with I didn't, I didn't with storyboard because... No, I, did, I wrote a script, wrote a full script... Uh, uh, and I'll do that for every single episode. But I didn't storyboard it because I knew exactly sort of in my head how the shots were going to break down, especially for the first episode, which there's one background for it. It's the same shot really for the entire episode. So it wasn't – I didn't need to break it down storyboard-wise to determine the shots. I knew what they were going to be. And it was really simple. And I designed the first episode to be that that simple so that I could just yes. get through it. You know, this it, – it's simple for, for two reasons. One – the the my inspiration for this kind of thing for the animation that I want to do for this is more like Powerpuff Girls, Samurai Jack, the sort of simple looking cartoony stuff. Um but also to keep it simple so that I don't, you know, my brain doesn't explode working on it by myself. <laughs> I'm I'm not going for the 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 kind of thing that, that how it should have ended does. It's it's gonna be different and different, you know, intentionally. But uh you know for, for the recording of the voices I uh, I had to buy a microphone. I, I I just I just built myself a little uh, soundproof uh, mobile booth thing that I'll use in the second episode. Oh, yeah, so I saw, it'll sound sound saw better. That on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> I had, so I'm sort of building my assets as they go along, and you know I keep telling Daniel and Tina this because they keep saying, "Don't worry, ours our first ones were rough," and I'm like, "Well, yeah, but." I'm 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 putting my my stuff on your channel and you guys have a huge fa- you know a huge following and so it's it, there's a little bit more expectation you know what I mean yeah. just right. just starting just starting out it's and so if you read the pressure. comment if you're, well if you yes there, yeah there is but I actually didn't feel any pressure until the day it was it was released and I made the mistake of reading some of the comments on YouTube <laughs> yeah don't do <laughs> that. that. I was like, oh boy, that was a mistake. So I haven't gone back since that first day. I don't read the reviews of us on on iTunes anymore. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. It's it's the sort of cardinal rule of the internet is don't read the comments, don't read the right. reviews. Just you got to plug plug on, plug forward and keep moving forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I've I've actually seen interviews. I've read read interviews and seen interviews with Daniel and Tina where they they talk and they tell me some of the stuff too, but. They actually are really receptive and and welcome to welcoming to um, suggestions and comments, and they're very audience focused. Um, and I wonder what's going to happen with with my shorts going forward because I'm kind of doing this, you know, just sort of for fun, <laughs> in a way, and to please myself. And because that's how uh, the original ABCDF geek this the series of still images came about. I was just doing it to please myself, and you know, whatever made me laugh or whatever wanted to draw that day. Right. Um, and so if, if, if I'm not, if, if I, if I think if I kind of 
looked into the the reception of it and, and sort of geared myself towards a certain response, I think it would take the fun out of it for me. But we'll see. I think think your way of thinking about it is a good way to do that, though, is like do what makes you laugh and happy, and then like the people that you want to like it will like it, and that's that's I mean that's the way like. I think at least most people go about doing stuff and like I try to with this is that I figure like if I'm if I would be interested in hearing about it hopefully somebody else will be too and then if not at least one person likes it that's fine with me so have you created a a slate for yourself then Otis as far as like what you you know you know as far as what's next you mentioned you might be jumping around the alphabet a little bit depending on well, the the scripts for the next for the first four are written. Um, okay. And in, in fact, we uh, we were supposed to launch this um, this month or early next month, uh, but circumstances changed and and they needed some content, and so I said, well, I guess you can you can throw it up there if you want. You know, I let them launch it early, so I'm sort of I'm on the clock now. Um, but no, uh, J J is next, and then B, and then L. So I'm jumping around the, the alphabet in the same way I did with the originals because I, I want to do them as they come to me and not necessarily mm-hmm. say, okay, i got to think of B next, even though I know what B is going to be. I want it – I don't want it to be exp- – you know, I don't want it to be set so that, that I feel like I'm I'm writing to a certain, you know, right. expectation. Because I also – and also uh, I know <laughs> – I know that um, B is more complex – or uh, – uh, yeah, B is more complex than um, what J is going to be, and so I put that third after after the second one, so that I could kind of ramp up to it. Right. Cool. Yeah. That's smart. B is is going to be uh, based on the the uh, B is for bromance uh, oh, nice. illustration with oh, yeah. the Lord of the Rings characters, and that's <laughs> nice. the one that's going to be a song. So it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. All right. And, and I, I don't remember if, if I had heard you, or maybe heard you say. Or, on the last time we talked, or saw you write it somewhere where they're not all going to be based on like the existing sketches you did for for the ABCDF geek. Some of them will be new for the the animated. Shorts. Yeah, that's that's that that is true. Um, uh, like the next one's going to come out. Um, J is for J is for Josh is going to be um, based on the one that I did for J for Volume Two. Uh, where it's it's okay. Joss Whedon and yeah, Joss his Whedon. name, yeah, his name being you know mistakenly said as Josh, <laughs> but it's 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 going to be expanded on that in a way that it's it's not based exactly on it. Like it's him at a convention, uh, you know, with an Uber fan getting right. his name wrong. So and then, but yeah, uh, L the fourth episode I have planned um, is not based on anything. Okay. It's 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 going to be L is for uh, liars, and it's going to be about Obi Wan and Yoda. Oh yeah, nice. What did you say Jay was for again? Uh, Jay is for Josh. Okay. Oh yeah, I remember when you, when you posted that on on DeviantArt, and the first person that commented on it didn't understand the joke. Yep, it was the first one of the game. I loved <laughs> I it. Like, I, t- I, t- I took a screenshot and I put I put it. I sent it to my friend and so it was like, "Yep, I knew it." First one out of the box. Yeah. D- didn't get it. Exactly. <laughs> the comment was, "Isn't it Josh?" <laughs> <laughs> Which actually made me happy because it's like, well, that's exactly you know what I'm commenting on with that. Yeah. And, then, and, and then I think 
they, they said I, I was joking. I was like, sure, sure you were. Sure, sure you were. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> no, but I mean, again, and that's the kind of thing. It's like you know, ones, ones like that. So if you get it, you get it, and if you don't, you don't. I, my inspiration for for doing these these letter things. It's sort of like uh, Gary Larson. I, I grew up reading The Far Side and loving The Far Side. And, and his sense of humor was, you know, if you get it, you, you get it. And if you don't, I can't do anything about that. You know, right. some were simple and some were complex and some were just, well, what are you thinking today, Gary? And so that's, that's kind of my, my take on, on this as far as the sense of humor is concerned. I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily aiming at a, as broad an audience as how it should have ended. So... Hopefully, you know, it's appealing, but if, you know, if it doesn't happen, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Again, I, I, it's weird because I, actually even with, with my own animated series on the, on the Hissy channel, um, I'm thinking of it like as a part-time job just for fun. Yeah. I mean, they, they do it. That's their job now. You know, that this is, you know, Daniel and Tina do this for a living. Um, I, I'm trying to do comics for a living. This is sort of a side thing that I'm doing, and I'm, I'm only even I'm only even contracted to do six episodes with them, and I don't know what's going to happen beyond that. So uh, I'm doing it for fun, and and it, as long as it is fun and I enjoy it, I'll keep doing it. I guess. Nice, I, and I can only imagine how packed the the R episodes would be if you, if you do one from either your volume two or volume one that you you've already done. I know. I was just going to ask. <laughs> I haven't even, you know, I, I haven't even thought about that uh, because of the format that I have set up for R now with the two volumes with its multiple characters. I don't know what I'll do for R in an animated form. I guess I'll have to think of something. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> Only thing I could think of for the, the first R was that you could have like the doctor saying something and continuously dying and turning into the next Yeah, one. that. Yeah, that that's actually a good idea. Yeah, I mean because, it, or something. Yeah, something like that. that we probably have, have to, to add an element, or maybe something from like the the fiftieth anniversary, where it's like, no, sir, all thirteen, and then like they'll show up. That's just now. That's just me just geeking out about Doctor Who. But, yeah. Now, Otis, you, you know, speaking of this, this art, you, uh, you have it available for sale, right? Yeah, actually, every single one of the the, uh, the still image ones are available as prints. As I create them, I have them for sale on my Society Six store. And then you have the volume one book, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I, I haven't sold that online yet. It's just okay. been at conventions, simply because I don't have. Like, I, I know that if I put that for sale online, it's gonna like take every single minute of time away from me because when I have to, that's why I stopped selling prints online. It, it takes so much time to package the stuff and it, it kind of takes over your life if you, if you don't be careful. So I haven't sold the books online yet. And then speaking about, about books and about you wanting to do comics for a living, congratulations again on image picking up oddly normal. Yes. Thank you very much. I really appreciate so that. So cool. Uh, that's that's sort of dominating my life right now is is getting getting pages done so that when the book launches I'm like five issues ahead. So because doing a monthly book all on your own is 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 grueling and you know as I was saying before I I, I have I have no idea what's going on in the world right now simply because I've been so busy with that. Yeah, I I will definitely be looking forward to to that coming out in the fall. It'll be. They're on New Comic Book Wednesday to, to pick it up. 
Now, Aldous, you're, you're on your way then to, uh, is it New York Comic Con? That's, that's, you're, that's coming up, is it next week? Uh, next, this, wait, what day is it? <laughs> I say New, New York's uh, isn't usually until October. No, well, actually, this is the uh, uh, New York, uh, it's, it's called the Special Edition oh. uh, NYC, and it's the, it's the new sister convention to the New York Comic Con. Oh, cool. And it's um, because the New York Comic Con has become, you know, like a lot of conventions, very media focused also, not just okay. com- about comics. Uh, Read Pop, the organizers, decided to create a new show in conjunction with it um, that's very focused just on comics. So that's what's happening uh, the weekend of the. 14th and 15th, which I will be at in a week. So you'll be there. And then where else are you going to be so our, our listeners can uh, come uh, come meet you? Yes, and see your great work. And buy your stuff. Well, I'll be at the San Diego Comic-Con next month. Um, I'm sharing a booth with Josh Howard, uh, the creator of Dead at 17, uh, another image series that's actually returning for the, the final story arc in his series this fall. So we're, we've teamed up to, to have a booth at Comic-Con this year. So that would be cool. Josh, Josh and I used to have both have comics at Viper. Both our, our comics originally launched at Viper Comics, and we're when we got out of, <laughs> we're the, we we we're now both an image, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. Um, I I I, uh, I was at I was next to Josh at C two E two last month, and uh, I see him. He's one of those people that I see all the time at shows, and then only at shows, and it's a, it's a small world going to comic conventions. Definitely, can only can only imagine. Well, we want to congratulate you again, sir, and we we are looking forward to more ABCDF geek animated shirts, uh, especially the like, a few sneak uh, that you gave us. Uh, the next few you're going to be doing, and we will be first in line to pick up oddly normal when that comes. Absolutely, out. thank you very much. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. Uh, we, we'll let you go because you know, like you said, you're you're a super busy guy. Uh, and let you get back to your, you're not sleeping and constantly. <laughs> That's right. Back to your, yeah, I got, I got, your I've work got and couple, non-sleep. It, it's midnight here, and I've got a couple hours of drawing that I still need to finish uh, up. So. Oh, that's, <laughs> thank you so much for your time, and thanks for your great work. It's it's so terrific, and oh. we really appreciate all you do. Thank you. Yes. Well, thanks I, a lot, guys. Appreciate it. I, I double that sentiment that Stanford has just said. So... Uh, thank you uh, again for coming on. We appreciate it again, and uh, thank you again for your, your awesome work that you, you did for our for our podcast too. With yeah. The, the the images, myself, Stanford, coolest Matt, and and Tom. We we really do appreciate that a lot. No worries. I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot. Good luck, Good luck with everything with this busy season. We'll be anxious yeah. to uh, <laughs> see how you're doing. We're cheering yeah. you on. Definitely. Well, thanks. Yeah. Okay. Right, take care, guys. You too. See ya. Good night. So we want to thank Otis again one more time for coming out to talk to us about ABCDF Geek Animated Shorts that he'll be doing on the How It Should Have Ended YouTube channel. We, we really have enjoyed those. Uh, so going from there, we're going to be talking about Pixar's next film, Inside Out, and they just released the synopsis to that recently. What did you, do you want to share what yeah, your thoughts with I'll us? Yeah, I'll go ahead and read the synopsis, but also, you know, when Pete Docter presented the film at the 2013 D23 Expo last summer. He basically talked about this, but here we've got it in written form, and and then they've got some specifics, so I'll go ahead and read it. Growing up can be a bumpy road, and it's no exception for Riley, who is uprooted from her Midwest life when her father starts a new job in San Francisco. 
Like all of us, Riley is guided by her emo- emotions. Joy, who's voiced by Amy Poehler. Perfect. Fear, which is awesome. You know, you know Amy Poehler is perfect. Fear, who's voiced by Bill Hader. Perfect casting. Yes. Anger, who's Lewis Black. Perfect casting. Disgust, Mindy Calling. Perfect casting. I know. <laughs> and our favorite, Sadness, voiced by The Office's Phyllis Smith. Perfect casting. I know. So the emotions live in headquarters, which is, they call it headquarters, but it's the inside of Riley's brain. It's in her head. Yeah, it's in her quarters. head. And, yeah, and uh, uh, the emotions help advise her through her everyday life. So as Riley and her emotions struggle to adjust to a new life in San Francisco, turmoil ensues, and uh, Joy, who's Riley's main and most important emotion, tries to keep things positive but the other emotions conflict on how best to navigate a new city, house, and school. Sounds like an animated episode of Parks and Recreation. Well, I know exactly, and the, you know it. The the clip, the, the and we you know we've talked about this, and I don't I don't mean to go too much into repeat, Mark, but the clip that Pete Doctor showed was basically storyboards, and it was a it was Riley having a discussion with her parents, and then it would go into headquarters to see how her brain was either anticipating or reacting to this to this interaction and it's so funny and uh there's just so much comedic potential and i just can't wait to see uh to see this movie now pete doctor is is making a a presentation at at the annecy film festival this week and hopefully we'll have some more news the other big news of that that's that was confirmed uh since our last podcast is that michael Yachino is going to uh, write the music score. Yeah, which we're all really, Yay. really excited about that. I know. And especially after I found out recently that, that our good friend Ralph, who we've had on the podcast a few times, is actually friends with the man. So I might have to figure something out along the lines of uh, my relationship with Ralph and his relationship with, with be cool? Mr. Giacchino. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, that that would be pretty awesome. I mean, it was already really awesome. We got Alex Mandel on the show talking about how he composed music for for Brave and uh, Ratatouille and whatnot. But that would be great as well. Because I mean, I, I would like to get you know people from all different aspects of the animation industry on here. You know, so I'd I'd like to have another composer. Yeah, talk discuss about the music because uh, music plays such a big part. You know, as as Otis was talking about. Uh, you know they've they've got. Uh, I mean, he he had to find some some music that he could buy the the rights to and, yeah. and use. But it makes such a difference. You know, as we as we all know, such it's such an important part of a film. Yeah, you change yeah. the music, you change the entire tone. Yeah. Of this. There's that. There's actually a good video that uh, Dave Chen, who does the the Slash Film podcast, he posted on his YouTube channel where he was talking about a scene from Game of Thrones, uh, and about how how the use of music in that scene to kind of uh made you feel a certain way about how the character of Arya Stark uh what she was doing in that scene and then he put different music in that scene to to show to kind of you know prove like his point about like what was going on there with use that different music you get a whole different tone out of that scene from the show so if, if you haven't seen that definitely check that out it's just uh I think his YouTube channel is just under his name Dave Chen Dave Chen or David Chen, but well, and Michael Iacchino is such an outstanding composer, and he's got such 
a great track record with yeah. Pixar too. And the the next one he's working on that comes out uh, this summer is uh, Dawn of Dawn the, of the Planet of the Planet Apes. of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. So, looking forward to that. I, I always enjoy his music too. So. Yeah. The the next thing you know to add to the popularity of Frozen is Disney. The Disney parks have added a kind of pre parade parade with a, a new Frozen what? float, and I. And when Jessica wrote the the article about it on the site, it, it's she kind of said uh, she was talking about her own experience, of, like working at at the parks with uh, like the people that wait in five hours to to see Anna and Elsa. Oh yeah, and the type of parents that make their kids wait that long and like just try not to like. I mean, you can explain to your kid that you don't need to wait five hours for. Two people that are just dressed up like the characters, right? Right to get a picture with people yeah. dressed up as these characters. Now, and she, and she was saying like, can only hope that the the parades don't make people wait for five hours on the on the sidewalk now waiting to get a awesome yeah. spot. It'll be interesting to see. So this, the, yeah, as you said, they're calling it a pre parade, but it's basically just a float the pl- that's going to go in front. This is at Disneyland in California. Yeah, it's got Olaf the, on it, uh, and Anna or Anna and Elsa are going to be on it too. There, there's uh, some concept art. I think we published it on our site, and uh, I think there's some more information about it on the Disney Parks blog. And while we're talking about Frozen, really quick, I, I didn't uh, plan on talking about this, but I just popped in my head is uh, they just put out um, the casting descriptions for. For once upon a time. Oh yeah. This fall, I, th- I think I sent it to you, right? You did. Uh, where uh, it's gonna, there. If you've watched it, spoiler alert: Elsa shows up at the end of season three. Uh, you don't ever see her face. So, I mean, the person that's playing Elsa in that scene could be very well played by a different person when season three starts. Just but put the blue dress on her. Yeah, the her iconic blue dress from the film. Uh, they're also going to be casting Anna. Who uh, Kristen Bell has already expressed interest in reprising her role of uh, in live action on the show, so that would be cool if they actually did that. Because I remember before Ming Na was uh, cast in Agents of Shield, I really wanted her to play Mulan. Mulan. Even when I'm watching Agents of Shield, I can I just hear Mulan as as her character on Agents of Shield. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, and then they're also going to be casting Kristoff as well. So. No word on uh, probably a very creepy CG Olaf, unless if he would change into a human, and, and you know the, the rules of of and mythology of Once Upon a Time, like if he came to Storybrooke, you know that kind of changes them to be like cursed, so that like so Jiminy Cricket he was turned into a cricket in the Enchanted Forest, but when he's in Storybrooke he's a human again. So I wonder if that would you know what that would do to because I mean they had Gus from Cinderella he was a human in it too so and yeah everybody remembers little fat Gus Gus from Cinderella yeah so that would I guess be interesting if they did that maybe Josh Gad would come and play him again too which would be interesting wow and the descriptions from them though were interesting is that it seems like uh their characters are in a place somewhere like after where the the Disney movie Frozen ends and the way that it's described for their characters, like it says, like Kristoff is getting used to living in the castle. So, so it should be interesting for people watching Once Upon a Time that maybe haven't seen Frozen. I guess maybe it'll be kind of like a spoilerish 
kind of thing to the story for that. But that should be interesting, and we'll probably be talking about that more this fall when, when the show starts. Yeah, when the show four. starts. And you, you need to watch it, too, so. That's what you keep telling me. I got to jump on the bandwagon. The first two seasons are on Netflix. <laughs> That's right. They're easily available. Season three comes out on Blu-ray on August 19th. Okay, so, so I just found that out the out. other day. So, and, and speaking of Blu-rays that come out on August nineteenth, yeah. Toy Story of Terror. Toy Story of Terror coming to Blu-ray, aka uh, Toy Story Tunes Volume One Blu-ray. Right, because it's going to have some other cool stuff in addition. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so it's going to have Toy Story of Terror, obviously the Halloween short that was on ABC this past Halloween, and with audio commentary by Angus McLean. Who you have to meet, and were awesome enough to get me an autograph from him and send me the the small fry Buzz Lightyear, uh, uh, which was happy which to do it. Yeah, again, everybody, Stanford is awesome. Uh, uh, the, the, where small fry was actually the other Toy Story short that Angus directed. <laughs> uh, and then there's Hawaiian Vacation and Party Service Rex are also going to be on the Blu-ray. So now I'll I'll have these shorts on like. A few different Blu-rays that I have because Party Source yeah. is on that 3D Monsters Inc. Blu-ray that I have. But if you didn't ever buy that, now you'll have it for the first time. And That's then right. I think Small Fry and Hawaiian Vacation were on the Pixar volume, Pixar Shorts Volume Two. Maybe volume just two. Hawaiian Vacation. I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure That's if Small right. Fry was on there too. I'll have to check. Small Fry might not have been on that one. It might be on a, another one of the re-releases they did, like Nemo or. Yeah. Uh, but and then they're all gonna have audio commentary on them, which is, that's pretty awesome. Which is fantastic. I know. I'm, I'm so glad that they're gonna have some audio commentary. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that uh, because because when they did do the Cars tune Blu-ray like that, I figured now that when they like when they were doing the Toy Story ones that they would eventually do something like that for them too. So it's cool to see them doing it that way with the Toy Story of Terror, and I'm pretty sure eventually they'll, they'll do another Cars tunes uh blu-ray as well because of the the new radiator spring stuff which we'll get to in a little bit but yeah the other stuff that's going to be on that blu-ray is the team of specialists director angus mclean goes deep behind the scenes to introduce the team of specialists required to make toy story of terror uh there's three deleted scenes and editor introductions by uh pencil topper trilogy (laughs) travel brochures and uh, road troop road troop jeez road trip roulette so those should those sound interesting too yeah uh, and then i think i've seen uh videos of these somewhere already i'm not sure where though but vintage toy commercials and director introductions for old timer combat carl and transitron i hope if they do that vintage uh toy commercial for combat carl the combat carl they show first is that generic green one that uh sid blew up in the first toy story <laughs> Cause that's that's the only thing that bothered me in this was I was like, yeah. uh, Combat Carl did not look like that in Toy Story. In Toy Story, he was a generic GI Joe that was green. Yeah, but if there's you know a whole line and you know how they updated Combat, Combat Carl right. all the time, and then he looked like Carl Weathers in Predator, then there you go. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll see what they do. And then yeah, I'm, the transit transitron should be cool too. The nice parody of Transformers commercials. Yes. And then there's a special Toy Story of Terror teaser that you got to see last year. Yes. So you'll be like, hey, I remember seeing this. <laughs> uh, 
I, I, I look forward Blu-ray. to uh, picking up that Blu-ray. Me too. Yeah. I, I can't wait until two weeks before August 19th when I get it. That's right. When you get your screener. Awesome. Yeah. yeah and the, yeah, the, the week before that. When, yeah. When Disney does this. Because uh, going from there, August 12th, besides the five that we talked about last time, six, if you include the, the three disc version of uh, Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Ichabod. Toad that comes mm-hmm. with Fun and Fancy Free, which is a weird thing that they're doing with that, where you can either get it with Fun and Fancy Free or not with Fun and Fancy Free. Yeah, it is weird. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take it with yeah. Fun and Fancy. Yeah, free. I'd rather have the film than not have that film. Yes, and I, I just posted a picture the other day of the screen art for that, and uh, Mr. Toad is out in, in the Wind and the Willows. He's not on the cover. At He's all. not on the cover. Maybe he gets the spine since the other the other right. To do Think of the spine, or they'll have something on the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and also on August twelfth, uh, Disney's really de- releasing Muppets Most Wanted, which I really enjoyed. I've heard some people say that they liked it more than the first Muppets movie. Have did did you get to see this? I don't remember. I did. I saw it, and I, I liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was really funny and uh, just really captured. I thought the right tone. Okay. Of the Muppets, the, the cameos were hilarious, and I, you know, I really liked it. I, I think it kind—I don't know what—I don't think it was a huge box office hit, and it also seemed, yeah, talking to people, the reviews seemed mixed amongst my friends. Yeah. Uh, uh, and but, Party Central played in front of it too, which was awesome. It did, which was so great. And which, I think, and Party Central is going to be—is it going to be on the? They didn't list Blu-ray? it, which. Which I didn't almost expect them to because Small Fry, that was in front of the Muppets. Oh, right. And that was on the Muppets Blu-ray. So it'll probably just be on whatever eventual shorts they they do again. Or or they have talked about, you know, uh, re-releasing Ratatouille and the Incredibles in 3D on Blu-ray. So maybe it'll be on one of those as as a new bonus feature like Party Source Rex was on the 3D. Right. Monsters Inc. But yeah, it's coming. This is coming as an unnecessarily extended edition of Muppets Most Wanted, uh, and it comes with. Besides that, it comes with three. These are the three different versions of the films. You get the original theatrical cut, the Statler and Waldorf cut, which I can only assume is going to be like some kind of mystery science theater three thousand. That's what I'm picturing too. With Statler yeah. and Waldorf, uh, you know, silhouettes watching the movie, making fun of it, and then the unnecessarily extended cut, which I'm not sure exactly how much longer the film will be that way. But, and, and you know, obvious Muppet humor, it's called that necessarily extended. God. Uh, then there's other bonus features include the longer, longest blooper reel in Muppets history since the Muppets Blu-ray had the longest blooper reel in Muppets history. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, then there's Rizzo's biggest fan. Uh, so Rizzo gets some screen time on the bonus features besides his little... I, I liked his joke a lot in, in Muppets Most Wanted, though, if you guys have seen it. I, I won't ruin it for people that haven't, but I, I liked the jab that made it at the, the for, quote, quote, first in this new Muppets franchise, but actually, you know, eighth yeah. feature. <laughs> but, which they, they make fun of that, too, in the and they were making a sequel song here at the beginning of the movie. And then there's a music video for I'll Get You What You Want, performed by film songwriter Brett McKenzie. So, 
who's Flight of the Concords partner, Jermaine Clement, is in, in the film, too. Uh, yeah, I just thought this film was really funny. I, I really enjoyed it a lot. The soundtrack, again, was 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 really funny. Really funny. Yeah, and uh, our, our friend Justin enjoyed it a lot, too. Uh, he He's, like, obsessed with Constantine from the movie. <laughs> he, and, he and his girlfriend bought like the stuffed Constantine. He bought the puff figure of Kermit and then used a. <laughs> I, I suggested putting uh, yeah. like a magic marker mole on his face so it looked like Constantine. And so that's what he did. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So. Uh, that's fun. So uh. yeah, he he turned Kermit into Constantine. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so so we're looking forward to that. The more Disney Blu-rays in August, the better. But I guess out of the the two out of the ones that are coming out on August twelfth, or if you're part of the Disney Movie Club, I actually got a thing recently saying that you could order Hercules and Tarzan as a, your your future titles this month. So, and I, I've seen hmm. some people already got them. So I guess if you're part of the Disney Movie Club, you can get those. You can get those on Blu-ray by June tenth, and everybody wow. else has to wait. So you're gonna get them before I do, because I. If I'm going to get them as a review copy, I'm not going to buy them right now. Right, right. And I, I don't belong to the movie club either. But yeah. uh, And I, I do belong to it, and I, I have to get three more things by the end of June. Okay. And I've had it for two years. You have to buy five things. You have to buy five. Yeah, so I guess that's the, the only drawback is that I have to pick, like, old stuff that's not right. going <laughs> That you're not going to get yeah. a screener. <laughs> and they have to be certain prices to count too. It's got to be twenty nine ninety five, or it doesn't count as part of my commitment. Otherwise, I'm just spending money and not it's not going towards the thing. So like even if they have deals, like say I buy one thing and I pay that twenty nine ninety five, and I buy another one and get that one for cheaper than that, that doesn't count towards the commitment. So I'd have to do I have to do like three separate transactions before the end of June. Oh, so yeah, but have you liked it? Yeah, I've like I mean I liked it. Uh, Added the rest of the Pirates movies to the Blu-ray collection. We got the few of the Tinkerbell movies that way. Uh, I don't remember because when you start started off originally, you get like four or five. Yeah. And those were the ones that we got. But yeah, I, I like it so far. I like, and then like if you want, if like if I do want to get like older ones in there, they are you. They do have a lot of discounts and stuff, so it is a good deal. And and then like this with Tarzan. And Hercules, if I was not already going to get them in a month and a mm-hmm. half or so, I would do that to get them right yeah. now because the price is like thirty-five bucks for both of them, which is which is pretty good for for two Blu-rays. Hopefully, they're not bare bones like uh, Lilo and Stitch and Emperor's New Groove, but that right. remains to be seen. We'll see. If you guys already have them, send us messages on Twitter or email or Facebook or wherever you follow us, and let let us know if. How the right. bonus features are because I don't That's think it. they even announced bonus features for this. No, they haven't announced. They don't bonus come out until August for, for everybody for else. Any of them yet. Yeah, so it should be. I, I'm hoping that they're not like Lilo and Stitch and Emperor's New Groove because I still think that those two movies got the the shaft with their blurry releases. But going from there, the new Radiator Springs 500 and a half short is now available on Disney Movies Anywhere app, and it's the, the fourth. Short in the Radiator Tales from Radiator Tales Springs. Tales from Radiator Springs. The first few you can you can find on on YouTube. Someone's probably ripped this one and put it on YouTube by now. I bet. Yeah. But Disney movies anywhere is is free, so you can watch it on yeah, there so you can for, watch free. It for free. Yeah. On either uh, you know from their website or 
on, on the uh, app. You just have to tie it to an iTunes account, I yeah. believe, in order to to. Uh, and get you get the Incredibles for free. Yeah, for free. If, if you, you don't do already that. own it, which which I already did, and then you're picking up something else. But if if you don't, you get Incredibles for free, which that, yeah. that's a pretty good bonus. Incredibles is a good movie. So uh, yeah, that is a and, good. That's a good good incentive. And. Yeah. Yeah, and then like obviously if you have like an Apple TV too, if you're playing it from your phone, you can always uh, airplay it to your TV and watch it on there too. So you're so, watch it on your small computer screen. So the short, and you know we've 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 published some articles about it, but it's uh, as you mentioned, the tales of Radi- from Radiator Springs series. It's directed by Rob Gibbs, yeah. and he's he did. Uh, uh, I don't know if he did all of them, but he he was involved with those Mater Tall Tales yeah. shorts. I'm liking so these because they're not as focused on on Mater. Because uh, everybody, a, a lot of people like Mater, but I'm I'm not one of Mater. You're not a Mater fan. Uh, so I watched the, I watched the short on my iPhone. You know, using the uh, the Disney Movies Anywhere app, I thought it was uh, pretty cute. You know, just seemed kind of cars. I had it, I thought it had good pacing. Yeah. Again, the great animation. The, the animation is is great, but again, it was just on my phone, you know, on my right. phone. So yeah, I, I, I airplayed it computer. to my TV. Oh, how did it look on your TV? It looked pretty good okay. uh, when it loaded up finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought I thought it was funny. I li- I liked the the story to it about uh, Stanley's original kind of more or less walk about around Radiator Springs and surrounding areas. And like the off-roading, I thought I thought that was really funny. Yeah, the off-roading was fun. I agree. I, it was it was that was enjoyable. And there there was a few Easter eggs in there too, if you guys are paying attention to. So yes, watch, watch it again if you did not. So I'm gonna have this. to watch the end of the big screen. I I thought I picked up some on you know on, this, on my itty bitty iPhone screen. Yeah, but, I'm not gonna say them here to ruin them because it's, right. it's always more fun to look for them yourself. It's more fun to have a yeah experience of looking for them. Uh, and then the last one is a, a pretty cool thing that Like is doing right now. The contest is for kids, I believe, that are 13 under or around there. You can like if you're obviously they need a, a parent or guardian to to help them, but you build your own box troll on their website, and you can. You can do like all these different like arms and heads and like different accessories that the box troll's gonna wear, or like different shoes and different size boxes or different height for the box troll. You can custom draw your own cover to a box if you want to, uh, and then you publish that to the site. And if you can just publish it if you're older, like above the, the age limit for it, and it'll just be on the site or. Uh, if you're in the right age group, it'll actually submit it into a contest, which has some pretty awesome co- oh, prizes. Prizes are yeah, fantastic. You, you were right in about them, and yeah. Uh, so the the grand prize winner, well, there will just be one grand prize winner, and you'll get a an actual puppet, a physical puppet of your box troll that you created, made by a Leica artist. I mean, how cool is that? That's awesome. You know, to get your own your own puppet. Uh, you know, of your box for all. Then 10 first place winners will get, uh, I guess, a, a unique or a collectible poster designed by a Leica, uh, Leica artist starring their own box troll. So that's cool too. Which is really cool. And then 15 second place winners get uh, a special edition box set of box troll books. Get it, box so, set. 
So, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but up bump. But cool. I mean, it's a cool contest. So yeah. I think definitely enter. The deadline, we've got, June you, know, you can go to boxtrolls.com or you know, we've got a link to it on, on, on the Animation Fascination website. But yeah, June 30th. And I'll have it in the show notes too. And uh, yeah, it's boxtrolls.com. Uh, Build your own box troll link. You have to scroll all the way down. It's the all the way at the bottom, yeah. right? Yeah. Very, 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 very bottom. Yeah. But which is, it's kind of cool how they have their site built too, because you start like up on the street level and then you keep going like under and under. It's it's cool how they have it set up like that. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. Another another film we're looking forward to that comes out. Yes. This year. But yeah, that that's all our, our news for the week. So we will be back in a few seconds with our new trailers. You don't like crazy music. You don't like rock and bands. You just want to go to a movie show. Sit there and hold in hands. You're so square. But I don't care. I don't know why my heart flips. I only know it does. I wonder why I love you, baby. I guess it's just because you're so square. And we're back with our new trailers for the week. The first one is Real Effects. It's his, the the Book of Life trailer that just came out recently. What did you, I want to ask you first? What did, what did you think about it? Well, I, I liked it. I, I had I had written an article a few a few uh, weeks ago about this about this film, and I knew it was about the the Day of the Dead. It's it's produced by Guillermo del Toro and the director. Of the film is an artist by the name of Jorge Gutierrez, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, who doesn't have a lot of feature film experience. I think he's done some uh, segments of of the Mad TV series. But anyway, uh, so definitely though Mexican influence, you know, with the Mexican director with this with this concept of Day of the Dead. So it was actually really fun. It was I was very happy to see what this lo- looked like. Uh, of course, when I think of Dead and Day of the Dead animated film, I'm I'm thinking of the one that's also in development at Pixar. Oh yeah, the Dead the, the, <laughs> the, the, the one uh, that uh, Lee Yeah, Lee Uncrich is is, is uh, attached to. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I, I thought visually it looked really appealing, and, and again. W- not trying to attach to this Pixar or associate too much with the Pixar movie because we just don't know about it other than the concept. But uh, thinking, how do you make Day of the Dead into something that's going to be appealing for? Not that this is necessarily targeted to a family audience, but I think it kind of is a, being in a way of being approached to a family you know, for a family yeah. <laughs> family type of film. But it looked pretty. It looked fun. Yeah, it you looks know? really cool. Like the, it is really colorful. The designs and, are really yeah, really interesting. interesting. Uh, so yeah, what, what was your take, Mark? Yeah, I thought like it looked super colorful too. Uh, I, I liked the character designs; where they looked yes. almost like uh, wooden like marionettes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it feels like a uh, corpse bride mixed with uh, I can't think of the, the other film I was gonna say that it looked like it was mixed with. It, it looks like Corpse Ride mixed with something else. Yeah. But kind because, of, you know, like a Corpse Ride, like how Victor goes to the underworld. It feels, because like, it feels like the main story of this is 
the one of the main characters he dies and goes to the underworld and he's trying to make his way back up to the land of the living mm-hmm. so he's got to do all this stuff to to get up there uh, the voice cast is interesting too it's got ron perlman who's a frequent contributor with uh guillermo del toro uh whenever you see one name yes. you usually see the other you see yeah uh i hope i pronounced her name right ana della uh Reguera. I said that. If I didn't, I'm sorry. Uh, Zoe Salanda does a voice. Channing Tatum does a voice, and then Diego Luna. So, yeah, this looks this looks really interesting. And I mean, it's the first uh, you know reviews coming from this, this trailer have been nothing but like good reviews of yeah people talking about it. So I'm sure it'll it'll do pretty well when it when it comes out on October 17th this year. Well, if anything, somewhere. it it looks very unique yeah. you know it looks very kind of one of a kind like we haven't seen anything definitely i like this so that's that's a good thing in my book uh, and, and this is coming from the same studio that just gave us Freebirds. so it, it's pretty cool to see a film that everyone's looking forward to a lot after after Freebirds. yeah yeah but uh speaking to speaking of films people are looking to looking forward to a lot uh, the Big Hero 6 teaser trailer was finally released. Finally! And I didn't have to see Maleficent in order to watch it. <laughs> and I, I didn't even see it in front of Maleficent anyway. So. That's right, because you saw, you saw a preview of it. Uh, yeah, what did you think of, uh, of the trailer? I enjoyed it. When when those first pictures came out, I figured that's all the trailer was going to be. Yes, was like that, that scene. Uh, and it, it's reminiscent of Pixar's original uh, teaser trailer they did for the Incredibles where it's, it's Bob power trying to put on his original Mr. Incredible costume. Wherein uh hero is printing out this awesome suit for Baymax to wear. And, and like Baymax is like this big pudgy kind of elast- elastic. Uh, he has, he's got elasticity to him kind of robot uh, and bouncy and whatnot. And he's just walking around kicking this, so, yeah, well, he's to, trying to he's trying to pick he's it up. To pick up the soccer his, ball. His, his legs are sh- short, and uh, his arms are just like long enough where they can't reach it. Yeah, and he's walking around a, and keeps. Kicking. A, that was a clever gag. Yeah, and uh, and then uh, you know he gets a suit on. He looks really cool, and then it all comes busting off. So, so that that was pretty funny. I, I enjoyed it, and I'm assuming the rest of the film will be in that same kind of tone. And and apparently, like there's a, a uh, another like image that leaked online somewhere that kind of showed the designs for the the rest of the cast. Yeah, Did you see that too. I saw that where you know the the one of the pictures that has been circulating a lot, and you know I took them myself at the D23 Expo last summer of just the profiles. Yeah. So it was it was the profiles, but actually, you know, you could Filled see in. the characters. They didn't. It looked like they were very similar to what what they yeah. what they showed us. It was super so low res, though. It like was you... yeah, really, really, um, yeah. Uh, so hard to really just you know get a good look at it. You can just kind of get a general look. Uh, who knows? Hopefully, hopefully in the next few weeks we'll get some more uh, some yeah. more official art. But I, I thought it was I thought it was a fun trailer. Yeah. I liked the poster they released for it too. It's got posters, cool. Hero and, and Baymax uh, jetting up, and you see the the smoke 
trail below, or jet stream below below them, and it's just they're like feet are just almost leaving the top of the poster. Yeah, I thought that, that was pretty cool design. Subtle subtle placement of the logo, and then the way that they place the text almost makes it looks even though it's in English, it makes it looks like it's Japanese. Oh yeah, kind of like the the one of the posters that they did for the Wolverine too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, nice, nicely done. Let's I think. Looks like we're gonna get some cool marketing Definitely. for uh, for uh, this film. And a little bit earlier than we did for Frozen last year too. So that's, yeah, that's cool too. So yeah, uh, and I, uh, like we've been uh, guessing. I would bet that the next trailer we get will be attached to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. So Let's hope so. Yeah, those are our new trailers for the week, and we will be back with our, our final segment talking about our recommendations this week. Life is your restaurant, I'm your manager. Come on, whisper what it is you want. You ain't never had a friend like me. Yes, sir, we pride ourselves on service. You're the boss, the king, the shot. Say what you wish, it's yours, true dish about a little more And we are back with our recommendations for the week. Uh, the, the first thing I'm going to be talking about this week comes to me via Scotland and Stanford Clark. And thank you again, sir, for, for sending that my way. It's... it's I saw it in the mail. I was like, man, this guy's going to make me feel bad. He keeps sending me stuff. <laughs> well, you know, we had talked about it, Mark, and then there it was in this store in Edinburgh, and I just, there was no way I couldn't get it for you. So, oh, thank you. So, again, uh, sir. Anyway, you're welcome. I hope you'll enjoy it. And, and luckily, it's one of those UK Blu rays that's actually region free, too. Yeah, exactly. That was, I was hoping that it looked like, you know, I studied the packaging and it looked like. Yeah, it says I think it, well, it's region A, B, and C or something like this. So maybe it's not yeah. region free, but it's it plays in this in yes. the U.S. So that's cool. Uh, and the U.K. is doing something with like their Disney Blu-rays, where it's like if you're in the U.K. and listening to us, where they have the villains like on the slipcover. So so that was interesting. It's got a nice big Jafar on the front of it, uh, and then the the insert is cool. It's it's the classic uh, insert from the the VHS way back. So that was yeah, cool to, to like see unchanged that. is what it yeah, looks like. Yeah, it's exactly just that. And then I think what's cool, too, is that, that they actually in the UK it says uh, classic number 31 on it. So, like, if I had, like, the collection I have of, like, all the, like, Disney canon right now, it would be much easier to put them in order, like, if you didn't know the order that they came out because they're numbered, like, kind of yes. like the Criterion collection. I think that's cool. I wish they had actually would do that in the U.S. and the U.S. too. Yeah, but I agree. Aladdin is number thirty-one, and I will always know that because it's on the spine. It's on. <laughs> yeah, I popped it in last night and and watched all the the music numbers from from the movie in HD. It looks it looks awesome. How did it look? Okay, it, it looks great. You should have bought yourself a copy too. <laughs> well, I'm glad it looks good. The, the transfer, yeah. it, it's a good it's a good transfer. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Uh, the bonus features are, are good too. I mean, it, it's it's one disc. Uh, but it seems like they have a lot of the stuff that was on the, the Platinum Edition DVD that came out when they released it. So, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. I almost wonder if that's exactly what's going to be on the, the Diamond Edition. Like, except, like, uh, they'll add some stuff uh, talking about the Broadway show. Uh, some random thing that's supposed to tie in 
to Aladdin at the parks. That's a new ride, but it's not really tied into Aladdin at all. Uh, like they'll go to Epcot and be like, "Hey, we're we're in the Morocco part of Epcot, <laughs> and this is how it is tied to Aladdin." But it's not really. We just want this is a bonus feature that's supposed to be promoting the Disney parks. Everybody already wants to go to anyway, so we don't really need to promote our parks. <laughs> <laughs> And then they'll have a music video from uh, probably, uh, what's her name? The the girl that's going to be on Girl Meets World. She'll probably be doing the music video Because it goes with that, the music videos. From their latest Disney Channel starlets, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And she she did the the theme song for Girl Meets World, which actually, did you get a chance to watch that yet? I haven't watched it yet, Mark. How is it? That'll be another recommendation, too. If you have uh, watched Disney Channel, I don't know if it's, uh, I think it's an app you can just download, like, on uh, an iPhone. I don't know if it's available on other app stores, like, for Droid or whatnot. It's also on the Apple TV, uh, and... The premiere isn't until June 27th, which which is my wife and mine's wedding anniversary. Okay. But, Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so that's a that's a nice gift from Disney for a sequel yeah. to, <laughs> to my to my favorite show of all time. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked that pilot a lot. It's I I don't know if I'm gonna have to get used to the rating on this again. It, it's interesting that it's like if you go back and watch the first season of Boy Meets World, it's written in a certain way for that season pertaining to that character at that time and it like changed over time to, you know, grow with that character. And I'm kind of hoping that they do do the same thing with this, but it was cool to, to see the characters that we had seen in Boyman's world again on that show, uh, like Corey, obviously. And then his, his daughter on the show is exactly like he was in sixth grade on the show. So that was funny. <laughs> Uh, and there's a nice little uh, William Daniels cameo somewhere in the episode too, which, which was pretty awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I know there's a holiday episode coming up later this year that's gonna have like uh, Sean and and then Corey's parents on it as well. So that that'll probably won't be one of the most downloaded episodes that they have like on iTunes. Oh, or, seriously. But yeah, so I, I I enjoyed it, and the only thing that sucked about watching it that early is now you have to wait until like basically July for the next new episode yeah, because the next episode because the first time the new episode is on will be the one that you already watched that you already so, seen and then yeah yeah, yeah play the following week yeah so I, i'm looking forward to watching more of that uh and and hopefully i get used used to like used to it than doing the way it is because it feels more like like some of the disney shows that are on but mixed with like what you would watch on abc and tgif it makes sense where it's like a mixture of both those kind of way you feel like watching both of those if you watch like more recent like disney channel shows i don't know if you have i, mean, I guess it would be kind of weird if you did because you know yeah have a kid that's say don't have within yeah. that age group i tell you i never watched disney channel so i, I don't have except that. you should watch it for phineas and ferb true phineas ferb is is funny and i'll well, it's on disney xd so I'll yeah so i think i you know, if I just am scrolling through and channel surfing, and usually I'll see it on Disney XD. But yeah, Disney XD would be good for you because that'll have Phineas and Ferb on it, uh, Star Wars Rebels, right? And that did have Tron Uprising on it when they had it. So. It did have right now. And it'll probably still be on at midnight in the, the time slot they had it on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's a good channel too. And then the past four days, me and my son have been at, at Phoenix Comic Con this weekend, and. 
there's a lot of cool guests there that are pretty awesome uh, they had they have a lot of cool different panels there and artists and whatnot uh, a, lot, a little bit like we were talking to Otis earlier uh, uh, Karen uh, Galleon Hallian uh, who you guys have probably seen some of like the designs of like the Doctor Who uh, mixed with like Disney princesses stuff you have, you've seen that right yes yes so she was there uh me and my wife and and son talked to her she was pretty cool kelly my wife kelly likes her a lot too uh i was wearing my, my brave uh shirt that she did with the uh, uh merida and the, the tardis on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and cool. then yeah i bought a pin that's got uh, jack skellington uh in front of those trees that have like the different you know, holiday worlds, I guess. And one of them is actually a TARDIS in front of it. So I got that. Uh, so, so that was pretty cool. And she got, my wife got some stickers and we got her art book. Uh, that's got like all of the design she's done so far with the, for the volume one of that. So that was cool. Uh, uh, we saw Mark Shepard. If you guys watch supernatural, uh, he plays Crowley on that. And I actually asked a question. And he made fun of me. Maybe, maybe I'll put the audio of that on here or, or I'll post it on Instagram, maybe the video my, my wife shot too, where I said my name was Mark too, and then you corrected my grammar, so that was funny. <laughs> my name's Mark too. Your name's Mark too? Yeah. Well, Sorry, good name. <laughs> Mark is Mark. Your parents didn't like the idea that it was just Mark, they called you Mark too. Were they watching me at the time? No. We know there's going to be a Mark, but we're going to make you Mark too. If this one doesn't work out, Mark three. And it should be Mark as well. <laughs> so, Mark. Uh, we saw John Berman. Uh, all, yeah, Mark Sharper is actually is was on an episode of Doctor Who as well. But uh, John Berman, who's on Arrow on Doctor Who, he was awesome. He was there last year, and he was he was pretty awesome too. Uh, Stephen Amell, who's on Arrow. Uh, this, who else did we see? Uh, saw John Rassenberger today. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, what did he talk about, Mark? Uh, he's talking about Cheers and, and Pixar, <laughs> which were pretty much the question. It was funny. All the little kids that asked him questions were, were all questions pertaining to Pixar. And then, like, all the old people were asking him questions were questions pertaining to Cheers. For Cheers. <laughs> so, so that was yeah, funny. He covers all the generations. Yeah, my, my son asked him what his favorite uh, part of the Pixar campus was, and he said the rose bushes. And, and then he said his favorite part in any one of the films was uh, P.T. Fly. Or Flea, sorry. P.T. Flea. <laughs> yeah. From the Bug Fly. That's great. Yeah, I asked him a question too, uh, and his his answer was about another film that he had done, and like about a funny uh, memory he had of that, where like he had this makeup on his face that made it look like he had half his face had been blown off, and people were asking for his autograph, so he was signing at Robert Redford. <laughs> so... Because Robert Redford were here, I'm going to be with him as well. I'm really excited that you came here, and thank you for coming as well. Thank you. Uh, my question was, do you have a favorite memory from any of the films that you've worked on at Will You Been at Pixar? At Pixar or in my career? In your entire career. And, um, as I lived in England for 10 years before coming to Los Angeles and, and uh, grabbing that brass ring that was Cheers. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, but there was one job that just just makes me laugh. Um, there was, a, there was a, uh, a a war film called Bridge Too Far, and uh, 
I had scenes with Robert Redford every day. And um, so our trailers were right next to each other. So we come out of the trailer at the same time because we're going to the same place. And, uh, and all the locals, all the Dutch, we filmed that in Holland, and all the Dutch locals obviously rushed right over to Robert Redford and they ended up, you know, for autographs, the little books and pencils. And, uh, wow, that's spectacular. It was like my fourth film I'd ever done in my life. So for me, it's like, wow, I'm working with Robert Redford. Kind of thing. It was a real treat. So every day, same thing, over and over again for two, three weeks. And then on the last day, uh, they had to make me with some, um, was it? they put a lot of glue and makeup on me because the scene called for me, uh, I was in a bullet like this, and, and I catch a bullet here, which takes off this side of my face. And you see it for a half a second on screen, but, so they had to do all the makeup here. So it's completely unrecognizable, obviously. So the same morning, it's like every other morning, uh, I stepped out of my trailer to go to set, and Robert Redford stepped out of his, and all the locals, about 20 or 30 of them, started rushing up to Robert Redford, but somebody stopped and looked at me, and then they all turned around and rushed to me. <laughs> you know, we have no idea who I am. So, it being unrecognizable, I think everybody wanted my autograph. And, and to do a service to Robert Redford, because he was such a nice man, and I, I signed all the autographs, Robert Redford. <laughs> That's just what's, that's what a memory, but you know, living in Europe for 10 years is obviously a lot of them. Thank you. You're welcome. And then uh, Stan Lee, so that was pretty cool. Uh, Kerry Elvis, which was, which was awesome. He came, he was, he was really nice. Like anytime someone asked for him for a hug or like, even if they didn't, like he came down and gave someone a hug after they asked a question. <laughs> And then, like, if he would take a, a selfie with them, too, which was funny. <laughs> and he kept prom promoting his book to talking about, like, the behind-the-scenes of the Princess Bride. Uh, and then me and my son were in line to, to ask a question, and they ran out of time. So he went down the line and gave everybody a hug that didn't get to ask a question. So that was cool, too. So I got to hug Curiosus today. That was cool. Uh... My son was going to ask him, how did it feel to be the only actor to portray Robin Hood with a proper British accent? <laughs> and if you guys have seen Robin Hood Men in Tights, I, I really wish he had been able to ask him that, because I wanted to see the reaction that... Right. I can't tell us what it, what it gets you. Uh, that's but, great. Uh, yesterday, uh, Adam West, uh, Burt Ward, and uh, Julie Neymar were, were there, too. And, and my son started a Batman chant. Like, he started, like, quiet, and then, like, the entire uh, audience s <laughs> kept it going. And I was like, see, look what you did there, Patrick. See the power you have. You can say any word, and everybody else will start saying it. <laughs> so, so that was cool, too. And then uh, the last person that was there today was Danny Glover, and he, he was pretty cool, too. Pat, my what son, did you talk about? Uh, color Purple. Uh, my, my son asked him about Angels in the Outfield, and he asked him what his favorite memory was of something pertaining to Angels in the Outfield. And he, he answered uh, shortly after the movie came out that he was, like, in a, a department store or a grocery store, and a kid was just walking by him uh, with with their mother. And he whispered to his mom that, hey, that's the coach. So he thought that, that was really cool. Yeah. 
Uh, and then he talked about something else, like where he was somewhere and everybody started standing up and doing, you know, like the the angel flapping wings from Angels in the Outfield thing. That. Mm-hmm. that was awesome. So yeah, they had a, they had a lot of cool guests here this year. Like yeah, they did. They did lot. They had a bunch of cool ones last year, but this year, like the past two days, my son and I just sat in the panel, uh, the ballroom for most most of the day. Whereas like last year, you'd go in there for like maybe one or two people and then leave. But yeah, I thought they were, they did a really good job this year. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot, and hopefully uh, they get some some more cool people next year. Like, because last year he, uh, I got to, we got to meet uh, Yuri Lowenthal and Tara Platt, who we had had on on the podcast, or who I had, and my son wanted to meet them, so it was cool that I had already had them on the show. So it was cool to meet them in person. They're still the only people that I've had on the show as guests that I've got to meet in real real life. So that that was cool for me too. Oh yeah. But yeah, so that those are my recommendation stories from this week. And what, what did you want to recommend this week? Well, I don't want people to think I'm, you know, completely crazy, but I'm recommending uh, the incredible Mr. Limpet, that Don Knotts yes. uh, movie, That's which I haven't seen forever. So it was on Turner Classic Movies tonight. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking about some different options about what to include. And then this came on and I thought, well, this is what I wanted to talk about. So. Uh, Turner Classic Movies, which is just like one of my favorite cable channels because you know, I'm such a movie nut, but it uh, it runs this series during the summer called The Essentials Junior. Nice. It's it's geared more towards younger f- uh, film guards, but maybe for any it's for anybody. But Bill Hader is the host, huh. and, and Bill Bill uh, introduced this film. I think from what I read online. Uh, some of the programmers at TCM were questioning the choice, but they decided to go and go with yeah. it anyway. Bit, I wonder how many people that watch uh, Turner Classic Movies know who Bill Hader is. Exactly. Uh, but it, uh, so he gave, he gave it an interesting introduction. But then also what was really interesting is that Robert Osborne, after the film, talked talked about it some more. So, you know, it's a that the hybrid uh there's live action and with 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 animation thrown in, and, and much of it takes place underwater. Because so Don Knotts is uh, those of you who aren't familiar with it, he's uh, uh, kind of a shy guy who really wishes he could be uh, a fish. Wishes to and, be a fish. And through a weird course of events, he actually gets his wish, and so he's living under the ocean. But he's you know he's talking. And he has glasses. And it's animated. <laughs> and it's animated. And the ocean is kind of a hybrid. Some of it's animated and some of it's live action. It's a little... It, and it I think varies. there's a little bit of rotoscoping going there, too. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. the, like those 70s Lord Definitely. of the Rings movies. So he... Uh, it takes place uh, at the beginning of... of uh, or during World War Two, And so he... Uh, Don Knotts has a friend that's in the U.S. Navy, and he's able to start communicating with him, and and he actually becomes a, a naval officer and helps with with Navy battles during the war, and you know helps helps the U.S. Uh, beat the Nazis uh, as a fish. Uh, as a fish, but so I mean it's ridiculous, but it was it was really fun. But what Robert Osborne was talking about was that uh, so so this this film was released by Warner Brothers in 1964. It was 
uh, you know, Disney had done Disney and, and, and MGM separately had done some live action animation stuff before this. Uh, but, uh, it was still pr- pretty new, you know, Mary Poppins came out yeah. that same year, but I think that this film was released first, but, uh, if I'm not mistaken, but anyway, uh, the animation was done by many of the an- original animators of, of, uh, Looney Tunes and Mary Melody shorts from Warner brothers. And then after this movie, Warner brothers shut down, um, there, you know, that, that, particular version of the other animation right. unit. But, uh, so that was, so the, that was pretty cool. Cause the animation doesn't suck. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's more, the, the, the script isn't <laughs> that great. <Yeah. laughs> and it's also, I mean, it's a period piece, you know, it kind of moves at a different, different pace than what, than what we're used to, but right. it's still, it was, it, it was, it was a kick. I, I liked it. It was I liked it as a child and it was fun to watch it again as an adult. Right. So it's available for rent on iTunes and it's also available on Netflix. I think I randomly I don't think I've ever seen the entire movie because I remember I've seen I know I've seen parts of it like that that were probably on Turner Classic movie when I was a kid. So. Yeah. Well, and what's funny too, so you know it's a Warner Brothers property, but if you go to Disneyland, uh, actually it's Disney California Adventure Park and their Little Mermaid ride. Uh, the Little Mermaid ride has this under the sea sequence, you know, from the film. Yeah. You're basically riding through, and just on the back wall, if you just know where to look, you have to look behind you. But they've got a Mr. Limpet fish nice. <laughs> in that in that ride. You know, a, a 3D version of it with with the glasses. It's apparently pretty, nobody at Warner Brothers has noticed that yet. Well, they're not making them take it out. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty funny. Although maybe that fits in with uh, like with the some of the MGM films that warner brothers owns or because all the because of disney use uh remember when hollywood studios was disney mgm oh yeah maybe there's some kind of weird legality connection thing they can do it not get trouble floppy thing going on well and and one and one little final note i'm thanks for letting me just go on this tangent but uh Right after The Incredible Mr. Limpet, Robert Osborne was introducing the film Anchors Away, which was an MGM musical from 1945. With uh, Gene, uh, Gene Kelly? That's where Gene, yes. Yeah, so it's Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra and Catherine Grayson. And that's that film has the scene where Gene Kelly oh, with the cat. dances with Tom, the mouse. I, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, with the mouse, yeah. Or is it Jerry? No, Jerry's the mouse. Tom's the cat, right? Yeah. I, so, I couldn't remember if it was, if it was uh, Tom or Jerry. He dances with Jerry, and and uh, originally Gene Kelly and Stanley Donnan, who who co- helped choreograph, and I don't know if Stanley Donnan was the director of that film or not, but anyway, they they wanted Mickey Mouse in there, so oh, they 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 pitched it to Walt Disney, and and I guess Walt Disney was very polite and listened to the whole thing, but ultimately it just came down to. Uh, Walt said that Mickey only appears in Disney films, so he wasn't going <laughs> to let him be in an MGM movie. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. So the things you learn on Turner Classic movies. They had something about. I think they had a little bit about that on the singing in the rain, Blu-ray like bonus feature like talking about Gene Kelly, talking about like that scene from Anchors Away. Yeah. And it shows a lot of that that scene too. Uh, 
So if you guys have the Singing in the Rain Blu-ray, it's on there. Amongst uh, many members of the the Glee cast. <laughs> well, because Matthew Morrison and uh, Harry Shum, uh, like, they're are big dancers, and, like, their major inspirations were, were Gene Kelly. And, like, there was actually an, an episode of Glee where, like, they did Singing in the Rain, like, and and uh, make him laugh, and they recreated like the make him laugh scene with those two. So, so they actually did really well. Those two were like with the running up the wall and like doing a flip or jumping through that the wall that's doesn't actually have anything on the other side. Yeah. So yeah, that's actually worth watching too. So I'd say check that out. But yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, eventually watch the entire Incredible Mr. Limpet. Uh, I think it used to actually be on like Netflix Instant. You said so. It's just on there as for yeah, the DVD it's rental. It's just right? on the DVD rental. Is all I I could find. All right. Yeah. And, so and and you can rent it on iTunes. Amazon Instant has it also uh, for, for Prime. You know, you, you you can't stream it. You have to. What the heck? Uh, and well, no, I guess you know you can, you do stream it, but it's it's not on Prime. It, no. I was I didn't think it was. It was like a ten dollar rental. Interesting. I thought, no thanks, you know. <laughs> I'd rather I'd just buy it for ten dollars. I know. Ten dollars. Exactly. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other thing I was just thinking of is like if they're they're doing the Avatar Land at Animal Kingdom and that's a Warner Brothers property, so there, there's probably stuff that they work out for certain things. So, or someone just like you're saying snuck that in there. No one ever said anything about it, and right, that's what it's But it's 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 a fun thing to find in that. But yeah. That ride. Uh, so yeah, that's that's gonna close out our news episode with our special focus on Otis Frampton's ABCD EF Geek animated shorts and oddly normal. Uh, so you can check out the first short right now on the How It Should Have Ended YouTube channel, and then oddly normal starts coming out this fall from Image Comics. So definitely check those out, guys. Uh, don't forget, you guys can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Vibbert. M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-E-R-T. And I'm at Stanford Clark. Or you guys can follow the show at Animated Podcast. You can feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our site at animationfascination.wordpress.com where we always have all, all this latest news for you guys to check out in the rant form from people like Stanford and, and Jessica, one of our new writers, Eric Mitchell. Uh... Who's, who's doing a pretty good job, and thank you for all of you and, and all your hard work that you guys do on the website. Uh, and you guys can also like us on Facebook just by searching for Animation Fascination. Hopefully by the, by the end of this year, maybe by a few months from now, we'll get to 1,000 finally. We're, we're almost 800 likes on there, so tell your friends and if you guys like the podcast. Uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm Mark Fibber for myself, Stanford Clark, and our special returning guest, Otis Rampton. Thank you guys for listening, and make sure to tune in again next time. Thanks. Thank you, Mark. Right, sir. Later, and okay. thank you again. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
Did my audio just drop? Yeah, and then we got some kind of weird feedback. Yeah, it sounded like you teleported into a party all of a sudden. I know. <laughs> it did, that was pretty didn't cool. It? That mm -hmm. was, I was wondering if you heard the same thing too, Otis. That was. Yeah, Mark's the next man. He just, uh, <laughs> just teleported in. <laughs> and so there's a frozen proof. <laughs> it's all good. Thank goodness we're not live, you know? <laughs> this, yeah, this one will be awesome to edit, though. Too.